This episode is brought to you by Verity. Verity just launched their brand new student information system called Verity Student. Verity Student is everything you wish you had in your student information system and then some. Verity Student combines top-notch, unparalleled compliance and efficiency-boosting processes with the best communication features built into one single platform. Verity Student streamlines academic tracking, document management with an electronic signature, and a built-in powerful contact center with multi-channel communication. The unfortunate complications that human errors prevent are virtually eliminated with their improved process workflow automation that paves the way for data and reporting that you can actually count on. It's the most efficient recruiting, enrollment, and retention process that you have ever seen. Get more than you have with less strain on your budget with Verity Student. Experience the cost efficiencies that their all-inclusive tool provides compared to other, more expensive tools with less functionality. The unified pricing includes a multi-channel communication hub at a fraction of the amount that you'd pay for multiple systems. Say goodbye to inefficiency. Say goodbye to disjointed communications. Say goodbye to Excel when you say hello to Verity Student. At Verity, they only know one direction and one speed. Always forward and always fast. Harness the power of one with Verity Student. Request a behind-the-scenes look at their new student information system, Verity Student, at meetverity.com. Again, that's meetverity.com. Hey, everybody, and welcome to part three of our special podcast segment with our sister brand, DD Agency, on the new enrollment marketing benchmarks. Today, we're going to be talking about the new email marketing benchmarks that are important to consider as you think about mapping out your email marketing strategies for this next academic year. And if you are just joining us and want to catch up on the previous two segments, you can do so. Just scroll down to the show notes and click on over to our content marketing benchmarks episode or our event marketing benchmarks episode. You don't necessarily need to listen to these sequentially. So if you want to just keep listening in on today's conversation and then hop back to the other topics at a later point, you are welcome to do so. But we did start with event marketing, then we made our way into content marketing and now we are diving into email marketing today. So what we're going to be talking about is what happened over the past year, right? Obviously 2020 was crazy for zillions of reasons, but one of the more interesting things that happened during this year in enrollment marketing land is schools sent a lot of emails, right? And were forced to send different types of email communications than folks had sent. And really the cadence of communications increased pretty dramatically uh, over, over years past. So what we wanted to get a sense for, what DD Agency was really interested in understanding is of the different emails that were sent last year, how do we break them up into different categories and what can we learn about how those emails performed? So we, DD Agency, literally uh, analyzed hundreds and hundreds of emails from 
colleges and universities of all shapes and sizes, some individual program-specific communications, others uh, communications that were going out to entire populations of students, for example, an entire grad uh, admissions pipeline. And really what we did was break these down into three types of emails. So content promotion emails, so things that are promoting eBooks or resources or videos, something in sort of, a, you know, in the context of a content marketing campaign. Number two, triggered thank you email. So really any sort of confirmation email. How, how did those perform over the last year? What can we learn about opens and clicks through rates and engagement with those types of emails? And then three, and arguably the most important kind of emails for an enrollment marketer are prospect nurturing email conflows. Linear drip sequences, right? Uh, Behavior-based conflows, seasonal conflows, etc. So we want to dive into some of the findings uh, that that DD agency uncovered here. And again, our hope is that you walk away with some very practical uh, frameworks for how to think about reimagining your email strategy for this next year, and/or at the very least, just a better understanding of how your benchmarks, right? Your uh, your performance via inquiries, via content promotions, how they stack up against um, others in the industry. So let's go ahead and start with content promotion email benchmarks. So, it, uh, oh, I forgot to say this at the beginning, but the we have DD Agency produced this fantastic resource, this digital ebook where you can go ahead and access all of this data. If you just go to, uh, if you just scroll down to the show notes and click on through, you'll be able to kind of see what I'm what I'm walking through and um, it, it just might be helpful if you if you are more of a visual learner I'm gonna you know uh, talk through some power stats here in, in a minute so if it's helpful for you just go ahead and click on over uh, to the digital ebook and you can follow along with me this is section five email marketing benchmarks okay so first and foremost when it comes to content promotion email what we were trying to make sense of is how many emails are schools sending to promote a particular content asset so again these are not inquiry emails these are not post app conflows right these are just like one off blasts when there's a new brand video right or there's a uh, a new resource maybe you, maybe you worked on a scholarship resource right you know the the 2021 guide or i guess at the time the 2020 guide to financial aid or something like that right so on average schools are sending three different emails when it comes to content promotional blasts the average open rate of these emails is 35% and the, the sequence of emails uh, or the email that gets the highest engagement in any uh, in any of these sequences is actually email number two with an average of 39.5% open rate. When it comes to click-through rates, um, email number three actually gets the highest number of clicks. So while open rate is, and actually open rate is only slightly lower on email number three for content blast, so content uh, communication blast, but right that, um, the average click, the average uh, number of clicks on that email is almost double in email three than it is in email number two, and um, 25% greater than it is in email number one, right? So you're looking at a 79.3 average number of clicks per email when it when it is content focused. Again, when it's an ebook, a, a brand video, whatever it might be. Um, and really sort of the, the summary here is when it comes to content blasts, there isn't significant variance outside of the average number of clicks. Again, with email number three resulting in the, av the greatest number of average clicks for a particular uh, content promotion. But other than that, to be honest, when it comes to 
email promotions around content assets, there's not huge variance in performance. So what what can we learn from this? I think what we can learn from this is, uh, you know, the, the actual opens and clicks and click-through rate percentages are all well above industry standard, right? So when it comes to actual opens and, you know, in really just engagement with emails that include content pieces, you're going to see a really good return on your investment, right? Like you're going to see lots of eyeballs on that content, no matter if you send one email, two emails, or three emails. After email number four, um, I should say after number after email three, when it comes to these types of promotions, there's significant drop off on emails number four and number five. So in general, if you've got a content ask that you need to promote, you want to send about three emails, no more than three emails, um, and then no less than three emails, right? Because you see email number three there with the greatest number of clicks. Okay, that's a quick sort of overview of content promotion. Again, the takeaway being that if you've got something to promote and it's an ebook, a guide, a resource, a quiz, send three emails and expect, you should expect the greatest number of clicks to be on that last email, um, email number three. All right, let's talk about the impact of primary CTA quantity on content promotion email performance. Okay, what does this mean? So every content promotion email, right, has one primary CTA. Download this ebook watch this video, start this quiz, whatever it might be, right? And what we find here, which is which is really interesting, is when you've got five or more primary CTAs, it links to that primary call to, call to action, whatever it might be, right? Download the guide, watch the video, et cetera. You actually see the greatest number of uh, open rates and click-through rates. So uh, I don't really know what's going on with, with the open rate there. Um, but the click-through rate, right, it make, makes sense here, right? So if you've got more opportunities for people to click in your communications, like the, the greater your chances are that that click-through rate is going to go up. So we see an average of 7.7% click-through rate on that primary CTA to that primary offer when there are five or more opportunities to access that content. Now, note that this is like accessing the primary content offer. This does not include if you if you've got some blog links or you've got a secondary content offer, maybe you're promoting an ebook but you've got an invitation to watch a student story or watch an alumni testimonial baked into your PS line or something like that. That's a secondary CTA, right? So, we're just talking about primary CTAs here. But we're talking about, you know, maybe an HTML CTA, a photo CTA, um, a hyperlinked uh, bit of text, all driving to that primary uh, ebook or whatever it is that you are promoting. Now let's look at uh, the impact of secondary CTAs on content email performance. So this is super interesting. Um, when it comes to secondary CTAs, right, you really only want two. What we see here is if in order to get the greatest number of um, of, of uh, engagement with that secondary content offer, well, again, whether that's a, a video, a quiz, an ebook, whatever it might be, not the primary thing that you're asking folks to engage with, but the, okay, if you didn't like this thing, here's another opportunity to engage with us. You really want to focus on um, having two CTAs in that, uh, that, that drive that content. So, in a nutshell, the metrics that matter for content emails is one, it pays to send multiple emails promoting content, right? Again, after email number three, those uh, returns are diminishing. So focus on three emails. 
the more CTAs, uh, you know, the merrier within reason, right? So the best benchmarking, benchmark beating content promotion emails had four primary CTAs and two secondary CTAs, you know, which combined, right, can actually increase your click-through rates by 30 to 50%. So you don't want to go crazy with CTAs, right? We're not talking about 10 or 15 different links within one particular email, but we're also not talking about one or two, which is, um, which tends to be what folks, uh, I, you know, optimize their, I mean, their email communication strategies for. So the more the merrier, within reason, target four links to that primary CTA and two links to that uh, secondary call to action as a good rule of thumb. All right, program-specific and general content promos both perform really well. So there's no clear winner, right, whether you're promoting a content piece that is more brand-focused or more program-specific focus. When it comes to email, right, their opens and clicks are pretty consistent there. Um, okay, so that's content uh, email promotions. Now let's look at triggered thank you confirmation email benchmarks. So what we're going to walk through here, we looked at 185 different examples of various types of triggered thank you confirmation emails. So these include things like blog subscriptions, event registrations, right, premium content downloads, booked meetings, and, and other RMI or RFI form submissions. So again, these are the triggered communications that people get the minute they go through that RFI or you know, download your, your content, whatever it might be. So looking at it holistically across all, uh, ki- all types of triggered email communications, they, we're seeing an open rate of 52%, 51.6% to be exact, but about 52%, and a click rate of 13.2%, and a click to open rate of over 25%. Now, again, just to put this in perspective, guys, those are fantastic opens rates, right? We're looking at literally thousands of emails here, right? Like 26,000 emails in total. And if the average email is generating a 51.6% open rate, that's a better open rate than you're going to get on most of your communications, right? And a 13.2% click rate, also way better than you're going to get on most of your uh, email communications. Now, again, there's a lot of things. uh, There's a lot of why behind this, right? First and foremost, if somebody has just submitted something, some uh, you know amount of information about uh, themselves, there is sort of this expectation that there's going to be some sort of, hey, we you know conf- confirmation that they've received your information, that you're all set to go, that somebody will be following up with you um, if you you know uh, asked a particular question or whatever it might be. So in just how like we relate with brands, how we relate with digital communications in general, there is just an expectation that somebody's going to send up a follow, someone's going to send a follow up email, right? So that's not too shocking there, but right, what a lot of folks miss is that this is like a prime opportunity to add a secondary, tertiary, you know, content offer, or it's a prime opportunity to get people to take that next step in your application process. Now, what most folks do is they throw in a, oh, by the way, you know, if you're ready to start your application, you can do so now. And that's okay, right? And some folks do, but what we're missing here is an opportunity to learn more about this prospect, right? So if somebody just filled out, somebody just downloaded an ebook and maybe it was a program guide on your MSW program, how can you use that thank you confirmation email to learn a little bit more about, okay, what aspect of the program is this individual actually most interested in? Or, hey, is financial aid their, it's, you know, it's affordability of the program their biggest concern? Or is it the quality of the program that they're, you know, a little bit skeptical of? Are they here because a faculty member that, you know, they have heard about uh, is uh, teaches here and they want to enroll in the program because of the faculty member, right? All those indicators, you can start learning some of that context through your 
uh, triggered communications, right? By asking very simple questions like, hey, uh, take, you got, you know, 30 more seconds, fill out this form, tell us how you found out about us and we'll, you know, send you a $5 Starbucks gift card or something like that, right? Like we'll reward you for your time. So use those uh, thank you communications because they have such incredible open rates, such incredible click rates, right? As ways to understand more context about who these folks are. Now, when it comes to um, breaking this down by uh, triggered event uh, email type, right? So you've got event confirmation emails, which receive a 75% open rate. That's, you know, incredible guys, 75% and an 18.5% click rate. Um, so again, especially if you've got an event that you're, uh, inviting people to, and they've RSVP'd, that is prime time, right? To say, Hey, do you know somebody else? Bring a buddy, right? Like, Hey, you know, refer a friend and get an Amazon gift card or whatever it might be, right? Like, um, and you know, you don't always need to reward people for, you know, filling out surveys and forwarding your stuff to, uh, their friends. Uh, ideally you wouldn't have to, but right. Even those simple, you know, those simple gestures, those simple tactics can really move the needle when it comes to increasing, uh, event attendance and also just the likelihood of transforming somebody into a, uh, an evangelist for your program before they're even an actual student is just so much greater. If you make it easy and obvious and you encourage people to extend the invite. So when it comes to, you know, all other email types, guys, you're not going to see this kind of open engagement rate like you're going to see on Thank You Trigger. So don't waste it, right? Get creative. Use this as an opportunity, again, to learn more about the prospect, to nurture them to the next stage. Of course, you can have a start your app here, but don't let that be the only sort of call to action that you give folks post that inquiry conversion or post signing up for an event. Get creative. All right. Now let's uh, dive into a, uh, um, we're going to, I'm actually going to skip that. You guys don't need to hear that. That's just a lot. Here we go. Yes, we're going to now get into the fun stuff, which is around prospect nurturing email communication flow benchmarks, okay? So we're going to be looking at email comm flows that are general, so for all programs, versus a program-specific email communication flow. So the average number of emails per comm flow, okay, for a prospect comm flow is 5.4, right? And for general comm flows, 4.8. So... If you're looking for just like a quick takeaway, a quick benchmark, the average school, right, when it comes to Comflows, is sending five emails as a part of their Comflow if it's a prospect uh, post-inquiry Comflow, or 4.8 if it's a general non-program specific Comflows. So about five, right, across the board. So if you're sending more than that, right, okay, that's a helpful data point. If you're sending less than that, also a helpful data point. Now let's look at the number of opens, open rate, and clicks here. So when it comes to general communication flows, right, they tend to have double the open rate, so an average of 1,100 opens as compared to program-specific conflows, which have an average of 500 opens. And, right, the open rate itself, right, not just the opens, but the open rate is also more than double at 52.8% for general communication flows and 25.4% for program-specific comm flows. Now, it's important to keep in mind that generally speaking, right, you know, this isn't shocking because if you've got a, if you've got a general comm flow, you're sending it to lots of different kinds of people, right? So the likelihood that people will open that email because it's probably got a little bit more of a generic subject line or a generic brand name uh, is just higher, right? If I see something coming from Baylor University as opposed to Baylor University's, you know, 
master's of social work, I'm probably more likely to open the former because I might be aware that the latter is, oh, okay, yeah, I, I you know, sent in uh, an RFI form or, oh, yeah, I went to this one event and they're, you know, they're pestering me again, right, or whatever it might be. Whereas if it's the brand itself, it, it might catch your eye. Oh, interesting. Like, what are what is this about, right? Maybe it's not a reminder to start my application or a reminder to complete, you know, uh, my application like the three emails I received yesterday were. So, when it comes to average opens, average number of opens, and average open rate, you're going to just see double the impact when it's a general comp flow. Now, when it comes to clicks, you're going to see more than triple right that impact. Now, again, this doesn't mean that you should just, you know, forget all of your program specific comp flows. It's just helpful to understand that uh, when it, if you're strapped for time, right? If you're strapped for resources, and you're trying to think about, okay, do I develop unique? program-specific communication flows that are like linear drip sequence co uh, flows per program, or do I consolidate, consolidate that into one comp flow and use my, ex, you know, use those extra resources in other ways? You're probably better off doing the latter if, right, all programs need the same amount of love. Now, where this breaks down, right, is if you've got a program or programs that aren't performing super well, uh, and others that are your 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 rock stars, right? If you throw them all into a general comp flow, the ones that are not performing so well are going to get even less time, less attention, right? Because you have to, you know, uh, be all things to all people. So again, use this with caution. Understand that when it comes to developing program-specific communication flows, it's still a fantastic strategy, especially for programs where that are niche or programs where um, you do need to move the needle significantly the ability to be a little bit more personalized and just a lot more specific about, uh, from a context standpoint, about what the program is, why it matters, features of students and alumni that are all related to this specific, let's just say MSW program, right? You're not gonna be able to do that in any sort of general comp flow. You're never gonna get that real estate to dedicate to one program like you can in a program specific comp flow. So I digress. Now let's look at email comp flows by type. So. Prospect conflows, post inquiry conflows, and post content engagement conflows, and app deadline conflows. Okay, so you know four big types. The thing that's consistent here is these are all email communication flows, meaning there's business logic, right? Business rules behind uh, these emails, and they're sending them at a particular cadence that you have determined in your CRM, right? But we're going to talk about conflows um, that are um, uh, you know post inquiry focused, post content engagement focused, and app focused. So looking across these three three types you're going to see the greatest uh, open rates on your post inquiry comp flow so 55.2%. Now again this kind of makes sense given the stage of the prospect right as compared to 36.8% on post content engagement comp flows. So these would be comp flows that you enroll people in after they download an ebook or fill out your you know scholarship FAQ guide whatever it might be. And you're going to see a 27.2% for uh, average open rate for your app deadline com flows, right? So, you know, you've got almost a, uh, a a doubling in terms of the open rate for post inquiry that you do at, at the post app level. Now, thinking about this in terms of looking at this from a click-through rate standpoint, right? You're seeing about a 9.9% on average. So on your post inquiry com flows, if you are seeing a 9.9% .9 average open rate, 
um, on the, excuse me, uh, average click rate on those communications, right? You're right in line with the industry benchmarks. If your average click through rate is lower than 9.9% across your email conflows, right? You're, you might need to revisit those email conflows, right? There's something going, there's something going on there. If you're seeing above that 9.9% average click rate for an email, that's a part of a post inquiry conflow power to you, right? Like don't change your conflows, right? Like you're doing something, you're doing something really, really well. Contrast that with the app deadline conflows, right? We're, we're seeing an average of 2% average click rate, right? So these are the, you know, the, 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 this varies dramatically, again, depending on program, depending on how large, uh, how many people you've got that haven't yielded um, or how many people that are stuck in that post app conflow, whatever it might be. And every school does this so differently. So it really is hard to compare. But right, as a general rule, these get very, 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 very low click engagement. So if you've got something below a 2%, right, it's really time to revisit that conflow. And it's really time to think critically about the tone, the style, right, the layout of those emails and adjust accordingly. Um, okay, last but certainly not least, I want to just talk about when it comes to email conflows, guys, right? A lot of schools just default to linear sequencing of emails, meaning, right, you designate a particular day and time every seven days, folks are going to get another email from you. And when resources are strapped, right, you don't have a lot of time, you don't have a sophisticated marketing, you know, uh, platform, you don't have a great marketing attribution tool, whatever it might be, I get that. But right? When it comes to like, if you really want to move the needle on your email, if you're, if you're thinking as a, as you're looking through these things, or you're listening to me rat off these stats that, oh my gosh, we are well below all of this, right? It's time to move to behavior-based conflows. Okay. So behavior-based conflows are emails that are triggered based off of how users are actually interacting with your content in real time. And that's just your email content, right? How they're interacting with your website, your social content, et cetera. We live in a world where there is robust software out there that, and that enables us to get really granular insights into the digital footprint of our prospects and to be able to nurture them, right, in the way that they prefer to enrollment. So when it comes to emails, any any type of conflow, post inquiry, post app, right, content conflows, if you're struggling, if you if you're if these open clicks and you know, ultimate engagement rates aren't where they need to be. It's time to reevaluate your linear sequences, move away from linear sequencing and move towards behavior-based communication flows, right? Essentially what this does is it allows us to nurture people. It allows us to get in front of people when they are most active, when they are most likely to respond, right? When they are most likely to engage with our communications. And as enrollment marketers, right, that's our job. Our job is ultimately to do our utmost to personalize the journey to enrollment down to the individual prospect. And behavior-based communications allow us to do that. All right, guys. Well, those are your email marketing benchmarks. Again, I highly encourage you to go check out DD Agency's Enrollment Marketing Benchmarks report. Go through this entire report. Uh, the team spent tons and tons of time on this. It's, it's just absolutely visually appealing, very easy to engage with filled with robust data. And especially if you are in a situation where leadership is asking you questions around, hey, how, how do we stack up against our competitors? Or, hey, you know, I don't know, like are, are our performance on emails, like are, are, is this good, right? Like is this what the industry standard is? And you don't know, well, hey, don't spend hours and hours Googling. Go to the DD Agency Enrollment Marketing Benchmarks Report, right? We've done all that work for you. We've aggregated all of it with real data. And again, 
all of this data is graduate specific data. So if you work in gem, right, all of this data is looking at graduate schools, um, event marketing data, their content marketing data, their email marketing benchmark data, etc. So again, a lot of these uh, hold true at the undergraduate level as well. But especially if you work at grad, you if you work in grad, this is this resource is going to be your new best friend. So you can access it again by clicking on the link in the show notes, or you can go ahead and just uh, Google enrollment marketing benchmarks uh, report and you should find it. And if you don't uh, head on over to agency.directdevelopment.com and you can access the report that way. All right, friends. uh, Thank you for being here as always. And we will chat soon. See you next week. If you are an enrollment marketer, working in marketing and communications or enrollment management and would be willing to be interviewed on the podcast or if you have an idea for a topic that you'd like to hear covered on the podcast please reach out directly to me at zach z-a-c-h at enrollify.org we sincerely look forward to working with you to make enrollify the most trusted go-to digital resource for enrollment marketers out there